Fish and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. Our daughter, Megan, will also join us today. The mystical underground is a place where the weird and wonderful flourish, where ideas that are contrary to mainstream materialistic science are explored and the mundane everyday world takes a back seat. You can go to our website, Phenomena111, <clears throat> to find out about our nonfiction books, including the most recent one, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. And you can visit blog.synchrosecrets.com where we make regular posts. Okay, our, our guest today is animal communicator Heather Bristol. Hi, Heather, and welcome. Hi. And Megan, and Megan, um, oh, welcome, Megan. Hi. <laughs> and <laughs> Megan introduced us to Heather after she'd had a reading with her about the death of her cat, Piper. So we'd like Megan to tell her story, and then we'll talk a lot with Heather about how she works. Okay, Megan, take it away. Hello. All right. <laughs> so I, uh, I guess I'll start with Piper. She yeah. was a two-year-old uh, gray tabby cat when she passed away um, October of 2018. And a friend of mine, uh, she's a teacher. She originally <laughs> found uh, Piper when she was a kitten and her name's uh, Denise. And so Denise got me Piper two years earlier and fast forward to the, the, the day Piper died. I also happened to be with Denise and I had gone to a movie with her and we came back to my house and Denise actually found Piper dead on uh, my living room carpet. And we didn't like, it was obviously very traumatizing. Um, but a lot of very strange things happened around that because, well, first of all, she died very mysteriously. Like there was no rhyme or reason to how, why a two-year-old cat would just die like that. Um, and probably the first synchronicity was that Denise was the person who got me Piper. And then the person who was with me when she, she was the one who actually found Piper. And I'm a, I own a dog sitting business and I had a dog at my house that was about to get picked up. And the woman came right after I found Piper, Piper to pick up her dog. And she just happened to be a vet. So she looked at Piper's body for me and, you know, pretty much told me what, like how she thought that she died. She either said she thought she fell and hit her head or she thought that it was the brain aneurysm, she, something like that. And, you know, it was, it was comforting to hear, you know, some sort of reasoning. Well, so the next day, uh, it was a Monday and my friend Denise is a teacher and she called me like right after she got out of school and I thought she was calling to check up on me. And she was hysterical when I answered the phone and she came home from school that day to find her cat had just been hit by a car and her mm. cat had died. So and it I was, went, I, it was national I, cat day, right? Yeah. So I went to oh. her house. I buried my cat in the morning and then I went to her house and buried her cat for her. And then we found out it was national cat day. So that was, yeah. <clears throat> now, didn't you, in a very sad, depressing way. Yeah. Um, well, now, but, now wasn't Piper, also wet? Yeah, so that was the strange thing is that when I found her, she was uh, soaking wet, which made absolutely no sense to me. Um, there was no water nearby. Um, and she, she liked to hide on this one spot on a dresser in my room. Like she would just, it was high up. She liked to hang out there. And everything was knocked off. And there was like a small bowl of water on the ground, but there was not near enough for her to have been able to fall in that water. And what was strange to me was I was like, I don't understand how she ended up in the living room if she fell off that dresser and knocked everything off. So kind of how Heather came into the picture is when I first moved to Orlando, I live in Orlando, um, a few years ago, I ride horses and I was looking for a place to go horseback riding. And I can't remember how I found you, Heather, but I started riding Heather's horses. And then I remember like one of my first visits to your farm, 
you had met, I was just talking to you about the animals and you had mentioned that you were an animal communicator and I just thought that was fascinating. And then fast forward a few years and, you know, you became more vocal about it on social media. And, you know, I knew about you doing this after Piper uh, had passed. And then I reached out to you and, uh, you know, we had our session about it and definitely gave me uh, a lot of closure, I feel like. Um, you know, you had suggested that, that, that you thought the dogs may have picked her up and moved her into another room and were licking her. And that was why she trying um, to revive her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they were, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, they're coming through again and that's, that's exactly. Yeah. They were trying to revive her. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. They were just trying to to wake up or something. Yeah, and you said you thought it was a brain aneurysm, which made a lot more sense to me than that she fell because the dresser that she sat on was not very tall, and cats don't really fall like that. So yeah, um, tell her, Megan, tell her what else Heather said about how Piper chose this particular life. Oh yeah, so she, you had said that um, in one of Piper's previous lives, she, I guess, lived a long life and was put down, and then. that in this life she wanted to experience death on her own terms. So she wanted to live a short period of time. And I was telling my parents this yesterday when we were talking about this, actually, and I hadn't remembered this, but I remember when maybe she was about a year and a half, I remember I was taking a picture of her and I was just playing with her and I was just overcome with this like very strong feeling that she was not going to live long. And I, and it was like very fleeting and it was, I Mm -hmm. felt it and it was gone. And I just remember thinking, I'm just going to take a lot of pictures of her. So it was weird that Aww. I yeah. I know. Makes me cry. <laughs> Piper was such a good cat. Yeah. It's gonna make yeah, me I, cry too, and I didn't even know Piper in life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't Megan, I don't think the uh Piper, you know, fell on her head because you, you can hold a cat upside down two feet above yeah. the floor and drop yeah. it or you know, land on its feet. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just flip that right. right. That would that would indicate a severe neurological problem if they fall yeah. off of a dresser yeah. but yeah right yeah. Oh. okay now that we're crying <laughs> <laughs> well i definitely felt like that um you know i definitely got a lot of closure from that and actually i remember heather you had said that i you were like i think you uh might have seen her after she died and i did i remember like two days after she died i was in my bedroom and I just sat up and out of the corner of my eye, I saw her by the closet, which is where her, her uh, litter box was. And probably for a few weeks after that, I was always out of the corner of my eye where I would just be like, Piper? It was so weird. Um, well, tell her also what you said about you're getting before. another Sometimes cat. I'll, well, yeah. Well, it's funny, actually. My roommate, after she died, I remember visiting my parents uh, back home. And my roommate texted me and was like, I can hear a cat meowing in your room. And I didn't have a cat then. <laughs> so that was oh. <laughs> yeah. And tell her what how you got Indy. Oh well that was yeah, that's another story is that I remember um Heather actually you said we were talking, I did that your psychic and training um mm-hmm. thing when I was going to your house. I think that was last year. No, the year before. But yeah. I remember um you said you were like on our last session, you were like, I think you're going to get another cat. And it was like a few, only a few months after Piper died, and I was like, I'm never getting another cat again. I remember and the next you sat there and looked at me and said, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the next day, my friend wanted to get a dog, and she was like, Come with me to uh, PetSmart to look at dogs. And I was like, I'll just go look at the cats. And then I saw, I, I like locked eyes with this cat, and he like rubbed his head against the glass, and I was like, I'm just gonna hold this cat. And then I brought him home five minutes later. <laughs> And his name is Indy. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. He's a good cat. <laughs> and he's a good cat, right? Good. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he was actually two years old. He was a stray. And I always thought I would get that kitten if I got another cat. But, yeah, he was just – I think he was just kind of meant to come into my life. And, he, uh, and yeah, he's he's kind of like a small dog. So, he's yeah, and, so yeah. it's interesting that, that Piper left it, too, and he came into your life when he was around. I, you, huh? I thought that oh, was that's very interesting. Yeah. interesting. And also that Megan, Megan is a uh, dog walker, so she has a lot of, and a dog sitter, so she has sometimes several dogs in her house. And Piper yeah. just no, walks, Indy. or Indy, just, Indy <laughs> rather, Indy just walks right through them and, uh, pay, you know, as if yeah, they're all. Not there. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. 
Piper was a little more jittery about it. Like she was good with the dog, but she was kind of like, okay. And Indy is just like, he, he does not run from them. He just walks right between them. He loves them. <laughs> they better so. move over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Megan. That's, uh, that was yeah. good. So, but Heather, before we get into talking about your work as an animal communicator, I'd like to ask you uh, what your message is for people now who, because of the rampant spread of uh, coronavirus, are fearing that their dogs and cats might be carriers mm -hmm. and are turning them into animal shelters. We've heard about this. And uh, yeah. how do you feel? Um, about well, I am I, I, certainly not a scientist. However, I can tell you from my own experience that I have uh, six dogs and three cats and four horses and two mini donkeys. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, so I have a menagerie of a horse farm. Um, but I, I can tell you that I, I am not, I am personally not scared of catching anything from my dogs or my cats. Um, if anything, I would be a little bit more concerned about bringing it to my cats at this point, just because of the tiger. Uh, so, uh, you know, I still pet them. I still love them, but I mean, I do wash my hands before I pet them and things like that, but it's not going to stop me from, from loving on my animals. And, um, and I, I, I don't know what this virus is doing exactly. It seems to be a very interesting virus to be quite honest with you. But I mean, if you, if you look back like a hundred years, they had, they had a pandemic. It just seems to be the earth sort of cleanses itself every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm just like, it's almost like, to me, it's like a wildfire that, the, you know, when wildfires go through, they change the way the landscape looks. Right. However, yeah. it also fertilizes, you know, so there are right. losses. There's going to be change. That's okay. It's just sudden and nobody likes sudden change, including myself. Um, <laughs> but as far as your pets, I mean, I don't know, mine are family. So it would be like me dropping my father off somewhere. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're my family. Yeah, we have no. So I, I mean, my message is keep your pets. Is my yeah. message, yes. I guess. Keep your right. pets and take care of them because they are your family and they look to you for their security and their livelihood, really. Yeah. Well, how how did you get started as an animal communicator? I mean, is is it something you've always been able to do? Um. Well, no, actually. Um. <laughs> I always sort of. I know, right? I always had a connection with animals, but um, the truth is, I was a very sort of non-spiritual person running through the world, um, living their life. I went to college and then I got out and started my own horse farm and was a trainer and I judged horse shows and we went to horse shows and I was very competitive and all that. And, and then uh, my mom passed away in 2008 and that was when um, all these weird things started happening. And I actually realized I was a medium first and hmm. I became certified as a medium in 2012 and uh, started doing it sort of professionally then, but I was still teaching and training and judging and doing all the other good stuff. Um, and then my friend, Wes Maylard, who is a cranial sacral person of mm -hmm. my cranial sacral. Oh, we just Animal lost her. Communication. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, am I still there? John? You're there. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. There was a blip there. Okay. Okay, good. Um, Anyway, Wes is my uh, cranial sacral guy, and, and he suggested that I should try animal communication. And I just remember being like, I mean, okay. And so <laughs> I asked my guides about it, and they were like, sure. And after about 24 hours, I started getting impressions from animals uh, in my head, like symbols and, um, you know, things in my mind's eye, and then being able to hear thoughts like I do with people that have passed just from live animals. Mm -hmm. and um, so again, that was a bit overwhelming, but I was I was so happy to be able to to do that as well. Um, okay, that's really you say how you hear thoughts. Do they speak English? <laughs> In my thoughts, they do. My guides translate yeah. it. The way that I, I I know everybody works a little bit differently in the spiritual world. So each one of us has a different energy, and we work slightly differently. Um, for me, my guides have to translate everything from the animals. So I don't think that I think. Sometimes I can get a one-on-one -on -one telepathy with them, but it's, it's a little bit of a different type of communication, I guess. So, um, so yes, everything is in English because otherwise I wouldn't know what they were saying. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> but you get images too, right? I do get images and I get symbols. And so sometimes I have to, um, for example, with, and I also feel things like with Piper, the way that I felt that I've actually felt that she had a brain aneurysm, my guides pushed on my head. So that oh, meant it was something in the head. And then when yeah, I, I remember you saying pain, that. 
yeah, it's a sharp pain. And for me, a sharp pain in the head is, is an aneurysm usually. So um, that's kind of, they, they'll use whatever they can to get my attention so that I'll understand what's going on. So you also work with horses, I understand. Uh, is it different when you're communicating uh, regarding a horse than a dog or a cat? Is that a different experience? It is. It is, actually. Each species kind of communicates differently. And within those species, sometimes even the breeds will communicate a little bit differently. Um, the best example I have is horses and donkeys, which one would think would be pretty <laughs> similar. Um, horses, you know, I was talking to one of my horses and, and I said, well, who are your friends? And one of my horses showed me their friends. And I was like, that's nice. And I have two donkeys. <laughs> one of my donkeys. And I said, well, who are your friends? And the donkey pinned his ears and ran backwards. My husband was there. And I just started laughing and, and it was like, oh, he just said to me, um, uh, you know, I can have friends and I'm like, oh, okay. Inflection. So it's not show me, you know, who are your friends? It was, yeah. who are your friends? Like you, you don't have any friends. And I just thought, and that's the difference between horses and donkeys right there. People. So, um, and it's true. If you own either one of them, it's, they are different creatures, but so yes, they do communicate differently. You have to work on inflection. <laughs> God. So is the communication uh, with an animal that is past different? How is that different from the animal that you're looking right at that's alive? Is, is that more direct in the spirit guides? Come so through with, yeah, if, if they're with me, it's a different energy. So if I'm doing it in person, it is a different energy. If it's over the phone, they tend to use the same um, channels. So that's why when I'm doing a reading, it's useful for me to figure out beforehand who's alive and who's past. Uh-huh. Um, and, and really, unless I'm doing a lost pet where I'm trying to figure out if they're alive or if they're past, which is a, a little bit of a different meditation for me. Um, otherwise it's, it's actually difficult sometimes because to me, the soul being is in fact alive, the same mm-hmm. as a physical being would be alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, do you ever like come to a night with an animal saying something to you? <laughs> I mean, in other words, do, do, do these communication sometimes wake you up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, yes. I, I ask them not to. Usually my guides are pretty good about respecting my, my time and space. However, um, my only real rule is that we don't do that while I'm driving because I have almost gotten into an accident when, when they started coming through while I was driving. But, um, but yes, they will wake me up um, on occasion, and uh, that's okay. I have a little notepad. I try to jot things down, and then I just ask that I go right back to sleep, and I usually do. Um, and then I'll deal with it in the morning, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, sometimes. Mm. So to what extent are animals, are, are pets, aware of the, uh, the coronavirus? Or are they? Um, so it's interesting. I don't, I don't know that they're aware of the virus in particular. They're certainly aware of our different patterns and our stress levels. Uh, For for, for my pets, I mean, I I live at my farm. I work at my farm, so I'm around all the time. But my husband usually is not. He goes to work. He comes home. So he's been been working from home. And, of course, the stress level between the two of us has been normally a little high, you know, with everybody (laughs) in Um. And so my dogs are handling it really well. They just think it's a big party all the time. Uh, but, you know, they do get a little confused when he's trying to call in on a conference call and they're barking at the golf cart outside. So, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a learning curve for everyone right now, I think, in the world, not just this country, but we're all trying to figure this out. Um, but uh, otherwise, the only thing I would say about that, though, is for people that have a puppy right now, just make sure that the puppy goes into a different room away from you for about an hour a day for like mm. a nap or something like that. Because my thought is all these people are staying at home. They're all getting puppies, which is great. I love that. Um, but when they go back to work, the puppy's not going to know what happened because they're going to be yeah. you being there. And there might be a little bit of separation anxiety going on. So, so just make Aww. sure to give the puppy its own space for just a little while during the day. Um, and then it can learn it's not such a bad thing. Hmm. What about animals in the wild? Can you communicate with them? Um, I have communicated with, with wild animals before. Uh, they're, they, it's interesting. They have a... Um, like if a raccoon walked up to you. Yeah, I mean, well, 
even feral cats, though, they communicate differently than, than domesticated cats do. Hmm. Um, they're, feral cats, usually, if they're not used to humans, are much more suspicious. Like, cats always kind of has, have a suspiciousness to them that dogs tend not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, cats are kind of on their own. They have their own timeline for things. Um, but uh, feral cats, in, in particular, it's very interesting because if you go to talk to a feral cat, they are, to me, they are extremely uh, suspicious. Uh, which I think is funny because they're just like, what are you, doing? you know, what do you, what do you want here? And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thanks to see you too. And then they're like, oh, are you okay? Okay. And then they'll come out. But the beginnings of it is usually what do you want? Um, well, have you ever, I mean, I don't know if you've ever gone to a zoo, but, you know, if you do, do you, do you find yourself besieged by thoughts? Um, well, I, I don't go to zoos very often. I did go to Bush Gardens with my family. Mm-hmm. about five years ago. And I remember we were walking through the flamingo. Now I was wearing a pink shirt. I wasn't paying attention, but I was walking through the flamingo exhibit and there was, there were two flamingos that completely ran right up to me and were staring at me. And my husband's like, what are they saying? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they wanted something. And, um, and then there was a, there was a duck or something in the flamingo exhibit that was kind of waddling around and that came running over too. <laughs> and at that point, I was just sort of emotionally overwhelmed because like all these, it was strange. I wasn't getting thoughts or I wasn't clear. It was just these emotions. And so I actually mm. left the exhibit. I left them there. I said, I can't, I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I ran out of the flamingo exhibit and I love flamingos. It was just it was very strange that these birds were like, oh, oh, wait a minute. But it was, it was just, honestly, it was too intense at the time. So. Yeah. Hey, 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 Heather. Quick, quick question, yes. kind of looping back, back around to the uh, suge- the suggestion about uh, putting if you got a new puppy and you're uh, teleworking, maybe uh, give them some alone time so that when you go back to work, uh, it doesn't have quite as much impact. Uh, so I've always heard, and and so to maybe to kind of follow up on that because. Maybe it doesn't have to be a real long period of time because what I've always heard is that separation anxiety kicks in. It could be five minutes or five hours. It's the same to the pet. Do you agree with right. that? Or okay. Yes, I do. You're here and then you're gone. And it's now and forever. When you're here, it's mm-hmm. now. When you're gone, it's forever. Um, so when they're little... Um, and, and to be honest with you, uh, separation anxiety to me comes from a whole bunch of different factors. I don't believe it's just one. It's sort of like anxiety in human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's brain chemistry involved and then I think there's environmental things involved. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's actually quite complicated uh, for, for pets, especially for dogs. Uh, but my, I guess my, my point, y- y- yeah, like I said, even if it's just for a half hour or an hour in another room, um, just to get them used to being sort by of, themselves. you know, by themselves, if they're going to be by themselves. Now, some pets aren't. I mean, some people just let their pets stay in their house with the other pets and it's no big deal. And, and that's fine too. It's just, um, I just think of all these people getting these brand new puppies and they're just loving on the puppies constantly. And then the puppies are sleeping in their bed. And then all of a sudden they go to work. And the main reason I brought that up is because, yeah, like in, you, you don't have to replicate being gone for eight hours necessarily, you could just do like the 30 minutes or whatever, just to create that gap. Right. Absolutely. Just to create a little bit of, you're going to be stressed and you're going to be uncomfortable, but you know what? It's going to be okay. And it's just that repetition of slight stress and uncomfortable, you know, being uncomfortable Mm. and then being okay. And hopefully what that will do is that will sort of teach your puppy that just because you're uncomfortable right now, doesn't mean you will be forever. It's going to be Mm. okay. And, and it's just interesting. Because, and just because you lose sight of me doesn't mean I'm not coming back. I'm coming back, right? So. Right, John. You're back, getting a right. puppy. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. interesting. That, it's interesting <laughs> the difference uh, between cats and dogs when you leave. Uh, I can be gone for an hour, or half an hour, and I come home. Nigel, our golden retriever, will go nuts. Like I've been, like I've got been gone for a week. And the cats, we can be gone for a week, and they'll just kind of stroll by. And oh, I don't know, you've been gone. I don't. I didn't know. Yeah, no, cats are like nice to see you back. Um, I rearranged a little bit. I hope you don't mind some of the stuff on the counters now on the floor. I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, catch you later. 
Um, yeah. that, that would be your cat. <laughs> My cats, <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> um, I had a question about, most of us have heard about human near-death experiences, but what do animals experience as they die? Is there a pattern? Or have you um, seen a pattern? I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I have felt that human beings and their near-death experiences are basically the same as what a pet sort of feels. Um, mm-hmm. As in, I mean, let me explain it if I can. Uh, it's, okay, I'm sorry, I'm trying to put my thoughts together. I apologize. My guys are <laughs> That's all right. Um, with this part. Uh, so... To me, and, and this is just my interpretation of it, but to me, when a pet leaves their body, it's sort of like a release. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you fall into the most wonderful, I guess, loving arms would be really the way that I would describe it. It's just this, this feeling of just safety and, and comfort and okay when, you're, when you cross. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've seen that. I felt it time and time again with my own animals having to put them down. My mother described it like that after she passed um, and from other souls that have passed. And the other thing that's interesting to me is even when animals or people really seem to have a very traumatic passing, once they get over there, it's almost like when they come back through to me, it's not that they don't want to talk about their passing. They'll talk about it. But I, I don't have the feeling of fear or pain or anything else that was really huh. kind of going on in that moment. It's almost like they left all that on this earth. It's mm. fascinating. And my mother explained it to me as well, when you're born, you don't remember your birth, your brain's not designed, mm-hmm. to, but it's probably pretty unpleasant for the baby too. You know, <laughs> sure. about it, like probably an unpleasant day for the baby. Um, <laughs> but you know, we don't remember it. We're all born into this world and we celebrate our birth. And mm-hmm. so when we cross over, when we pass, it's almost like in spirit, they celebrate that passing and they leave mm-hmm. everything else that was negative or bad sort of here on earth. It was physically negative or bad. And mm-hmm. their soul is just free on the other side. Uh-huh. I've heard a uh, number of stories about when people pass their, humans pass, they're often greeted by deceased family members, friends. What about animals? Yeah. Uh, do no, Noah no, was greeted by somebody, she said. Uh, I should oh, explain. Yeah. You, you also did a oh, reading yeah. for us after Noah passed our other Goldens. So, so they do uh, have uh, an, fellow animals greeting them? <laughs> I, I, I believe so. I mean, when I talk to them, I can. they'll show me who helped bring them over a lot of times. Somebody usually uh, helps you cross over. So that you know to go into the light and keep going, um, and uh, absolutely, I I think that animals have other animals that greet them or people. Um, sometimes with a rescue situation, the owner may have passed away, and the dog or cat ended up in the, the shelter or in a rescue uh-huh. situation. And then when they cross, their owner actually comes back to to take them over. Um, you know, things like that will happen all the time. But they will also see pets that they were with, or even pets that they were with when they were very young, other animals that, that may be of litter mate or, or their, their particular birth parents uh, sometimes, if they were an only pet and didn't, didn't really have a whole lot of outside life mm-hmm. um, that will help bring them over. Well, I remember when you did the reading on Noah's passing, one of the things you said was that there was another golden that was waiting for him and helped him. So that would have been Jesse, who he didn't even know, because Noah was our second golden, Nigel's our third. So... Mm-hmm. What, how does that work? I mean, they, you know, the two dogs didn't know each other, but they knew each other through us. Right. Well, they knew, they knew each other through you. And then Mm -hmm. you have to think that when it's interesting. So let me think here. Jesse was the one that was, that was already passed. Correct. Yes. Uh Okay. So Jesse is a soul was probably watching over Noah. So Uh for a very long time. And so when it was time for him to go, he just, you know, and they can, I believe that, that even though we don't know them consciously here in life, we'll feel a connection to that soul as we start to cross over. So that becomes more of a feeling to me anyway, um, and to keep going. So, and then if there's a connection with you, that's how 
that's how there was a connection with Noah. Hmm. Because Megan, you also said that Heather told you there was another cat with Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what you described, but I I think it might have been Whiskers, who's my childhood cat. Hmm. Yeah, that's okay. <clears throat> Can you? Um... I mean, it, it's all con like if you think of it as a as a spider web, almost we're all connected. And so over in spirit, the connection, because it's, you're, it's just energy and the mm. energy connection is, is very, very strong. And it's hard for, for me to cut. It's hard for me to wrap my brain, my brain around it, to be honest, because I still think of things in a linear <laughs> form, uh -huh. so I, you know, I understand it's not linear, but uh, my brain wants to keep going in a straight line. <laughs> so <laughs> just the way it is. Uh, but in, in spirit, it's, it's, it's this all interconnected dynamic work that, you know, we're just running around here, one soul and one body. We can't split our energy. We can't, you know, I mean, we're just, we're very stuck in this body uh -huh. on this journey and, and spirit is not. So mm -hmm. once your soul gets out of your body, you become spirit again and you can then move freely and, and you're connected to all these things that you didn't even realize on earth that you were connected to. Yeah. One of the most inter interesting. Oh, go ahead, man. Oh, yeah, I just had a quick question. How you were saying that animals um, leave behind the negativity. Have you found that that is the same with people when they pass too? Um, well, sort of. <laughs> I think yeah. people, it, it depends. It really depends. Um, it depends on a lot of different things with that particular soul. Um, I, I think that once you cross over, the longer that you're over there, the more you understand things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I'm just talking from a person that's still stuck in her body. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, what I've been shown anyway, is that when we first cross over, I cannot talk to the soul. Sometimes it's just hours and sometimes it's a few days after they've crossed over. And my guides have called mm -hmm. this the healing time or healing mm -hmm. portion. And I believe in that healing portion. Part of what you're doing is your soul is sort of recalibrating itself to spirit. And it's, it's looking back on, on this particular lifetime and how maybe the other lifetimes that you've lived sort of attached to it, your choices that you've made, good and bad, and, um, you know, how that has affected people, pets, things, nature, whatever, around you, good and bad. And so then once you get out of healing, you still have a lot of things to do, but you have a little bit of a different perspective on it. Uh -huh. um, there are, there's things, there's like hauntings and things like that where people actually don't cross over. They stay on this plane and that's a different mm -hmm. situation because you're, you're going to be very uncomfortable as a haunting and you're probably going to have a very negative energy around you because you're going to be pretty uncomfortable and you won't well, be able to heal any of those things. Have you ever heard of animals hanging out like that as ghosts? As ghosts? Um, as spirits? I'm sure they you know. do. I haven't encountered one myself now because uh -huh. I haven't doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. Because you, I guess it's free will. You know, everybody has right. free will. You can either go to the light or you cannot. And if you don't, the light will shut off unless you ask it to open again. And if you don't know to ask it to open again, then, then it becomes a little tricky. Um, but with animals, it seems that they have a more natural tendency to just not be as attached to things here. Uh -huh. Physical uh -huh. things. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about right. like this house or, you know, the mm -hmm. store or yeah. things like that. They don't really care about that. Our uh, golden retriever, Noah, has been uh, passed on a year ago, like last yeah. week uh, was one year. <clears throat> where where would Noah be now? Um, Noah is sitting right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. <laughs> Great. Oh, can you feel him? Or I mean, like, no, seriously, you showed me like sitting right next to you on right. your right side, right side. Um, well, Megan, you dreamed fun. about Noah, which I felt was a kind of a contact. Yeah, dream. two nights ago. Did you? Yeah, oh, in a dream, he was looking for you, Dad. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, and now yeah. he's sitting next to you. <laughs> That's I was always the backup Aww. human. <laughs> Okay, I, well, I, mean, <laughs> I always talk to Nigel about Noah, so it's like I, I don't want Nigel to forget about Noah because Nigel was a puppy when Noah died. Nigel was a puppy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, Nigel, wait a second, though. Nigel sees Noah, so does Nigel, like, stare off? Oh, okay. The... Yeah, I thought he did, because sometimes he just yeah, he stares off. Yeah, he sees Noah. He sees yeah. Noah, absolutely. That's him that's seeing that. Noah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> God, it makes me cry again. Does Nigel yeah. understand? Oh, does okay. understand that he's gone, or...? Yeah, that's a good question. Does Nigel understand that um, Noah's gone? Sort of, not like you and I. Uh -huh. um, not like you and I. Um, he, well, okay, so, well, but to, to see, he's not gone to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he I'm, can't play with him the way that he used to play with him and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's like he just changed form. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting because human beings have a, a really, <laughs> we get in our way a lot with our mind. I do it all the time. Uh, we have our beliefs. We have our childhood. We have things that we've been taught. We have science. We have all this wonderful stuff around us. Animals have none of that. Animals just mm -hmm. have what they, what they experience, and that's what they know. Huh. Well, do they? Okay. Now, you once said that Noah had, had had uh, two previous lives with us, and that one of them was a squirrel, <laughs> which really makes a lot of sense to me because he used to love chasing squirrels. <laughs> But did, did he remember that life as a squirrel when he was here? I mean, did he didn't remember it as a life with a no. He didn't remember. Uh, no, I mean, he just had an attraction to squirrels. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when people hopes. have past lives, and I mean, for example, I, you know, I, I have a picture of myself trying to ride the cat when I was still in diapers. Now, my parents <laughs> didn't own a farm. I had never seen a horse. I had no idea what that actually was, but I really wanted to ride on things that were living. Um, and when my mom put me on a horse when I was about four, I went around twice on the little pony ride, you know, like you do. And uh, I started screaming and crying and I refused to get off the pony. And 40 minutes later, my mother ran out of money and basically dragged me off the pony. <laughs> that was the end of the pony ride. But the, you know, I mean, the, the poor gentleman made a ton of money that day and I was happy until I had to leave the pony. Um, so uh, one of my past lives was actually as a warrior. And as part of that warrior past life, I, I had a horse that I really had to take care of because that was part of my, you know, that was how we rode into battle. So uh -huh. I was very connected to that animal. And um, for whatever reason, I brought that with me. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, you're writing a book, Heather. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I can't wait to read your book. Oh, good. Well, um, so the, the book keeps... <laughs> The book keeps, we'll call it evolving. Uh, the more I learn about myself, the more the book sort of evolves. Um, so it will absolutely have, uh, parts of it are about how to develop your own spiritual gifts. Um, parts of it are about just uh, things that I've noticed with my own spiritual gifts and, and um, with, with my personal journey with this. Uh, and, and I hope to have it out shortly <laughs> a few months <laughs> i have time now you can make news. i have time <laughs> yeah a lot of us are uh, it's a good time to write yeah that's right more time to do things that we you know for me it's uh, like reading books too uh just more time to read and uh then we've had uh before, although for Trish and I, I mean, we've been in self-quarantine for uh, <laughs> 30 years, <laughs> 30 years. So it's not that much I, different. I have I have too. I understand. I haven't been to a restaurant in six years because of my food allergies. And when they started to make all these, you know, new rules where you couldn't go and you couldn't go. And I first I freaked out and I looked at my husband and I said, how's that going to change my life? And he said, it's not. <laughs> he didn't even look up. He just said, it's not. And I was like, oh, yeah. OK. Oh. Well, we we usually go out to a restaurant once a week, but uh, for you know, for most people, suddenly when both uh, spouses are home, it's it's a whole different dynamic. But uh, for our dynamic, we've been home since 1985, <laughs> <laughs> working. Oh my you know, goodness! I have to let a cat in. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are you going to include some how-to information in the book and so how people can uh, try yes, to... absolutely. I believe that everybody is connected to spirit. I do. I believe everybody has their own set of gifts um, and everybody can develop their gifts as much as they want and as much as they're supposed to in this lifetime. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to include that in the book and, and how to maybe, uh, you know, just, just sort of allow your natural 
gifts to shine through and, and so that they can help you the best that they can, you know, and, and in your life or in, in anybody else's life. Yeah. Is that similar, Heather, to what we did um, when I was meeting with you? Yes, exactly. Cool. Exactly. It's just in the book. And, and so obviously it's not a one-on-one, um, but just, you know, uh, just uh, little things like uh, about how to maybe feel energy um, mm-hmm. about how to, if people want to learn how to use the pendulum, things like that, uh, just simple beginner, beginner things. Um, and then they can take it from there if they wish to. Yeah. I um, found that after our meetings, my intuition was definitely stronger. I was picking up on things that I, before, uh, I feel like I wasn't as sensitive to and I became more aware of it. That's wonderful. Well, man, a lot of times you're downright psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Megan is psychic, yeah. Yeah, she is. Oh, yeah. I, know. I can look at her chart and say she's, you know, it's here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Megan's got Megan's got quite a bit of, of, of uh, gifts and talents in there. Well, thank you. <laughs> so earlier this week, Trish sent you a photo of a dog, Tyler, that uh, our tech wizard, John uh, Posey, lost five years ago. Um, have you had a chance to take a look? And what do you pick up? I, I did. Um, so it was it was kind of interesting. Um, he came through. Tyler came through this like, warm, loving soul, really, just the sweetest dog, sweet dog. Um, and let me just be really quiet right now for just a second, so I can make sure that I've got his energy with me. So, John, let me ask you, can you see him out of the corner of your eye? Um, I certainly have tracers every once in a while, sure. Okay, because I think that that's that's him trying to come through so that you can just say hi to him. Um, Let me see. He didn't really, it's interesting, because I asked him how he passed. He hasn't come through with that yet, but that's okay. So, are you getting a puppy? Uh, (laughs) No, well, I wasn't planning on it because I travel a lot. (laughs) And I didn't want to bring a puppy in and immediately have to put him in a, you know, a, uh, uh, a kennel or uh, take him to the parent's house. Uh, I just don't think I have time to acclimate a puppy at the moment before I would have to hand him off to somebody. Or okay. To somebody, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm just saying, like... Things have changed, obviously, a- but... <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's a few. There's free will. You don't have to get one. Uh, unless one shows up at your door and is just looking at you. Like, I don't yeah, know what you do then. But it's been, um, it's, it's right. It's right. Five years is, is definitely the, the, the seems to be the barrier. I've, I've had three dogs and it generally takes about okay. five years yeah, for me to get over the previous one. So, yeah. Okay. Um, did you used to feed Tyler? Like, did he eat McDonald's or something like that? <laughs> Like surprise? <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Jacks. I, I think. Jacks. Okay, chicken. this is yeah. this is what someone's showing me. It looks like your little dog, but anyway, I'm sorry if I'm getting somebody crossed here. But it's like you take a bite and they take a bite. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Well. So. That's interesting, and and <laughs> and I I can talk more about it in a minute. Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Yep. No worries. Um, I just, I feel like, take a bite. I take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a person sitting on the couch, <clears throat> watching TV. That, and I don't know why I feel like I pick up my toy and run around with it. I've got like a little <laughs> ball in my mouth or something like that. Yeah. No, um, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I really feel like a person. I don't feel like a dog. I hate to say that. <laughs> I mean, it is a dog, but I just, this dog did not feel like a dog. <laughs> no, no, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was a little too yeah. smart for comfort most of the time. So, okay. Okay. Um, just know that he's at peace. He's with the, he's with the older gentleman that's connected to you. Um, dark hair, uh, and, I don't know if he got sick quick or if it was a quick passing. What he did was he pressed on my throat, which means that 
I don't know that I had a lot of time with whatever this passing was. Uh, and I feel like I just got lifted out of my body, to be honest with you. I feel like I was, I don't know if I was fatigued or what, but I, and then I was just lifted out. So I don't know if you had to put him down or if he passed suddenly, but I just, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like I was sick for a long time or anything like that. I feel like it was rather quick. And, uh, and I'm sorry for that. Um, so, hmm. so let me, so let me throw this out there. He, he, he was sick for about six months. Uh, initially they diagnosed him with uh, renal failure or, you know, renal disease and so we were trying to treat that nobody could ever tell us what exactly was going on uh, ultimately I took him to a uh, vet in uh, Shelby County named Dr. Weber and left him there for two weeks where he just completely stopped eating and so okay. I picked him up on uh, uh, the week before Thanksgiving and uh and so the thing with the fast food is uh, that the only thing they could get him to eat when he was staying with Dr. Weber was Jack's chicken fingers. And so they showed me how to uh, give him fluid and uh, gave me some bags of fluid. I brought him back home and we uh, and I kept so off, off the fluid and and Jack's chicken fingers we made it through <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and then uh yeah he uh he developed a tumor in his uh in his uh uh in his uh head and we had to put him down uh -huh. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay yeah I mean the good news for whatever reason he didn't come through with a lot of pain I mean it wasn't like it was painful whatever he went through I just felt I felt fatigued all the time, like mm. I said, like I was fatigued, um, which could have been the renal issue. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yep. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. We got, but, got we got three extra months together. That was the main thing. So. Yeah, that's, that's great. Amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and and he's okay over there. And I mean, I know it's like, you know, you said no to the puppy, but. Well, but like I said, yeah, things things, the puppy. Yeah, yeah, things have things have changed. I've got it doesn't look like I'm going to be traveling anytime soon now. So, yeah, no, now now yeah. would be maybe a good time. And yeah. and he said that he would help. I mean, and Aww. I feel like you I, I feel like I mean, I know that you do this work as a sound technician and, and you're part of the show, but I do feel like you're very spiritually in tuned. So, um I mean, I don't know if you, you, you feel him, right? I mean, he's showing me that you can see him and you can feel him. And, um, oh, so oh. I hope that's all that you can feel that. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He still definitely, uh, has an influence for sure. No doubt. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting that she saw him with a man with dark, yeah, dark hair. hair. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I caught that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. I, the man didn't really come forward too much, so I apologize for that. But but it was a man with dark hair that was connected to you. So. Yep. Like a father grandfather energy. Um. He's shown up before. <laughs> oh, has he? Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Yep. Mm. So, well, good. Well, uh, perfect. I appreciate good. it, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, and it's interesting that we've because uh, uh, Tyler was. I lost Tyler five years ago in January, and then, you know, you guys had lost. Uh, so it's that yeah, it no was around the same time of year. I think everybody on on here mm -hmm. has lost a pet around this right at the start of the year over the last few years. So that's mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Megan, um, you got any questions for Heather? I have another one. Okay, Rob's got. Yeah. Another. Uh, how do people find you and uh, locate you for readings? Oh. Um. Well, I, I have a I have a website, so mm -hmm. that's a way to do that. And it's um it's just Heather Eve E V E Bristol B R I S T O L dot com. It's my name, um, and I have a lot of information on the website. And um, I you also have a Facebook. I do. I have You're a pretty Facebook. active on Facebook. Um, yeah. I, I am. I have my Facebook page as well. Um, I have some groups on Facebook that I do. I do a free readings group for animals um and for people actually it's just free mediumship or animal communication reading get mm -hmm. a little reading on there um 
And then I have a little development group that I just started. That's it's a paid group, but it's, it's, it's not very expensive. Um, and it's so that, you know, people that wanted to develop, but couldn't, didn't want to do the full, you know, one month intensive uh-huh. with me, we can just meet on that little group. And I put up little um, videos and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Good time. Do you use, how do you use those tarot cards that Megan painted for you? Oh, the tarot cards. I love those cards. Megan, you need to make me more cards. Um, <laughs> I know. That reminds me. That reminds me. Uh, no, I use them. I, I use them actually on occasion for uh, certain readings that I do. I'll shuffle them and pull one out. Um, mm. they, they tend to, um, they just have different meanings for me. So they help me along a little bit. If the uh-huh. energy is getting a little bit stuck, they're a great tool to use for that. Mm. So, and I love them. And Megan, you make up your own tarot set. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any type of species of, uh, any species of animal that come through easier for you than others? Um, No, uh, the only time, the only species of animal that I ever had trouble with was trying to talk to a snake. Um, (laughs) Right. You know, like snakes are funny and wasps. Wasp. Um, there's not much to a wasp, to be honest with you. Like table wasp, they're pretty aggressive, and they have a certain yeah. like. If you get too close to them, they're they. It's basically kill mode, and then you move a little away from them, and they forget you're there. And it's kind of interesting. But uh, but the snake was was very. Um, snakes are funny creatures. They just they're they're actually very inquisitive, and they're uh, they're a little bit different than I thought they'd be. But um, I guess. The, the the strangest was when I was walking and I, I had a, a copper head that came across my path oh my and, and I just started kind of screaming and half running and then it started chasing me. And oh my all God. I could scream, I know, I was terrified. And all I could scream was bad snake. I, I felt like this small child just screaming, bad snake. And my, the lady that works for me came running out and she's like, what is it? I'm like, I just kept saying bad snake. That's all I could say. And then we had to kill it. But because my chihuahuas were right there too. So we did and and the snake's life, unfortunately, for the snake. But it was very aggressive. I was shocked. Oh my God. They just yeah. keep going. You know, like a snake crosses your path and you're like, hey, how you doing? I've got a lot of little black snakes out here. I love them. That snake was like, oh, come here a minute. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So uh, that was a whole different level of communication. Uh, terrifying, actually. <laughs> Well, let me ask you a question. We found out, thanks to our cats, that we have a couple of mice hiding in our kitchen. So, okay, Rob, Rob has been using mouse traps, which I mean, it's it, it's effective, but it's sad. So, how how can right. I talk to these mice and just tell them to go elsewhere? <laughs> okay, or can so you reason you with a mouse? You yeah. cannot, because I have mice and rats in this this barn, which I have. Tried <laughs> to tell them to please just go in the woods, go anywhere else. Like I'll give them, I'll even make them a little space. They can just stay there <laughs> and they won't. Um, they won't, they, they don't. So there's something called the ratinator um, and it's your supply, I think. And it's this rat trap that's great because it's a humane rat trap. They made it so mice are naturally inquisitive and you can put a little treat or something in there. So they'll want to go in or you don't mm-hmm. even have to bait it, I guess. So they just kind of find their way in. And then the way the little flap doesn't allow them to go back out. So they're stuck oh. in it. So it's mm. humane though. So if you wanted to them, I mean, I, you probably don't want to keep them as pets, but if you did, you no. could just put them in an aquarium. If you didn't, you could simply take them far away into a land of forest where, you know, and, and let them go out there. What's um, it called? Ratinator. Rat. The rat, ratinator, I believe oh, is rat. what it's called. It's, okay. sold, it's sold by, if you Google multi- multi-mouse trapper or something like okay. that and tractor supply carries it and i was shocked it worked so well we got 22 of them in this oh barn in two days wow. all in the same ratinator all in the same rat well it was over two days so it's like you can get about we well, got about 12 per day in the ratinator um mm-hmm. and there was no i mean then you can just take them down to somewhere else you know a forest right. somewhere and just set them free if you don't want to end end their life um so, you know, it's great. <laughs> this is fantastic. It works and it's humane. And and I agree because the regular rat traps are, they do work, but it's it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough sad. to watch. Yeah. 
You hear yeah. that snap, and it's like, oh, God, I can't oh, do this. Oh, you know. Oh, no. I know. I know. Yeah. And I, I wish I that I could, a, I wish a I could tell. Sure. Again? Yeah, Man. I have a question about my, my dog, Nika. Um, so she, we joke that my parents have a joint custody because <laughs> she loves being at my parents' house. And when I first moved to Orlando, she spent like three months to nine months living with my parents. And that was when Noah was alive, and she bonded really close with him. And, and uh, I... I was home visiting about a month ago, right before the pandemic got serious. And when I brought Mika back, she's got really like, it seemed like she was depressed and she, and she ended up later having diarrhea and I had to take her to the vet and I, she seemed like she wasn't feeling well, but I wasn't sure how much of it was just her missing my parents' house and being depressed or actually being sick. And I've noticed that she has some soreness around her hips and she's having trouble jumping up on my bed sometimes. So I'm just wondering you know, emotional health and physical health. <laughs> oh, um, okay. And I'm sorry, what was her name again? Her name's Nika. 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 N-I-K-A. Nika. 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 Okay. Nika for a second. Oh. I just looking up. He knows her name. Where's Nika? Where's Nika? So, uh, okay. She, she's, She's so sweet. Um, she does love being at your parents' house. She likes being at your house, too. There's just more going on at your parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like, it's like a party there. Yeah, they can your go house out. is like a party, too, but for some reason, I don't know why it feels more quiet at your house. I mean, I know you pet sit and stuff, but like at your parents' house, it's like, it's like I don't know, it's like a bit of a party. Um, yeah. Because okay. Nigel's here. Yeah. And yeah. Outside all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my guides just showed me that when she her stomach got upset, did she eat something outside that she wasn't supposed to, or something? I'm I feel not like sure. I ate something. I feel like yeah. I ate something. I just picked yeah, something up and tasted now. it. I just it seemed strange. Yeah. I, I think that I think that that was actual physical stomach upset, um, oh. as well as her probably being a little sad that she wasn't having you know with the party party house but yeah. um she likes your house too which is for her it's quieter uh and then let me see yeah she does have um she does have some arthritis and things like that going on mm-hmm. but her she, house is overall pretty well pretty her good. house okay yeah her house looks okay to me um she's not really coming through she's not a complainer I don't know what kind of dog she is. She's not coming through as a complainer, though, at all. That's like, true, stoic. Megan. I feel like I'm stoic. <laughs> you know, like I'm stoic. Yeah, she I deal with it. It's okay. Um, so if she tells you she's not feeling good, she's probably really not feeling good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Um, but, yeah, her health, her health seems... Okay, is it her right? It's her right hip a little more than her left? Oh, she's just yeah. her right hip. Okay, is that right side? Gosh, it even goes all the way, like, on the lumbar. It goes, like, to where her um, ribs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, side. when the vet um, kind of palpated, <clears throat> palpated, if that's the right word, her stomach, she had a little bit of pain okay. there. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, they're not showing me anything bad, like, tumor or anything like that, if that's what you were worried about. Okay. Uh, I just wanted so to make sure it wasn't anything more serious than just arthritis or, you know, tightness. Uh, hang on a second. Let the vet couldn't find anything. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not picking up on anything like that. No, it's interesting. Sometimes cancer comes through to me as a weird smell for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't have that, so that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I she's eating and she's, she's fine. Healthy. Yeah, she's yeah, healthy. It's just Otherwise, her, I don't. Her I think she just. Yeah, I don't know if that's arthritis back there or if she, you know, like hurt herself somehow, you know, jumped some way and just, you know, and, and sort of pulled that area. Um, but that would be my best guess. Okay. Mm. So she oh, was really yeah. close to uh, Noah, my parents' dog. Does she still know he's, does she still pick up on him or know he's around? Yeah, and you know he does come around you a little bit, but he spends more time at your parents' house, which may be why she likes yeah. going to your parents' <laughs> house and why it's like a party. 
He was a little unfair to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I feel like there's just, there's, <laughs> your house is active, but your parents' house is, I, I think it's just, there's, I don't want to call it like more spiritual energy there too, but I don't know why. I just feel like there's a lot of energy in that house. No, I, there your is. house, there's, there's a lot of energy, but it's not the same type. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's more. Yeah, my house, just stays in my room and kind of just chills. Even when I have five other dogs here, she doesn't really interact with them. Yeah, yeah. But when she goes to your parents' house, um, I don't know. I just I it's feel like, like a, it's a party. <laughs> it's like it's a party. I she gets to go to the dog park every day. That's part of the. Party. Oh, it's a party. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. a party. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. This is that's how they're dog. making me feel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank so, you, Heather. Um, Oh, yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Heather. Oh, this has been great, Heather. Thank and please, you so much. I've enjoyed and us, it. And keep us posted. Hey, hey Nigel. No, no, <laughs> we got a dog trying to knock the computer down here. Um, Love it. Keep, keep us posted on your book, on the progress, you know, when it comes out. And Oh, I absolutely will. And John will have to keep me posted on the puppy progress. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, yep. It's, it's about like, that yeah, time. It'll, it will happen. <laughs> Okay, Nigel, let's take it up in the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nigel. I think he knows it. Let me take this off. Yeah, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Nigel, what are you doing? No, it's it's yours. Wait, 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 wait. Do you cook for him? Do we what? Do you cook food for him? Uh, Rob used to, and then he started gaining weight, and the vet said just okay, feed him regular. Well, okay, then that would make sense. Well, so start. Can you cook for him again? Oh, she said. He really? Likes that? He likes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a yeah, chicken stew with lot. rice, Not, vegetables. Yeah. Nigel. Nigel has vegetables, but I don't know. He was showing me eggs or something. I don't know. Nigel has a new best <laughs> friend, I think. Uh, <laughs> The what, John? Nigel has a new best friend. I think her name's Heather because he's going to get cooked for again. (laughs) He wants cooked food. (laughs) Yes, it was like, I don't know why. Sorry, that just popped into my head. And I'm like, we need to cook food for you because there's like, he wants to cook food. I love it. Well, this has just been great. Thanks so much, Heather, for, for joining us. And Megan, thank you too. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Listen to the podcast at www.themysticalunderground.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Visit the blog, blog.synchrosecrets.com. Visit the book site, phenomena111.com. Send us email, podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. In memory of Piper, Noah, and Tyler. There is a circle of love and death that shapes the lives of those who choose to travel in the company of animals. It is a cycle unlike any other. To those who have never lived through its turnings or walked its rocky path, our willingness to give our hearts with full knowledge that they will be broken seems incomprehensible. Only we know how small a price we pay for what we receive. Our grief, no matter how powerful it may be, is an insufficient measure of the joy we have been given. Yeah.